where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Welcome to another edition of Full Circle. I am super excited today about today's show because I love books. I just have to tell you, I, as a kid, I was like totally into books, all books, every book, every book I can get my hands on. I love to read. I used to write articles as a kid. So like I would cut out pictures in the newspaper and write my own articles. So I love books. I love writing. And so I'm super excited to have, plus the guest I have today is just absolutely phenomenal. So it's going to be a wonderful show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to jump right into it. My guest today is Suzette Harrison. She is an author. You may have seen her books and we're going to talk all about her journey as an author. You know, I'm an author too. So it's a fellow author conversation here, and uh, it's, I'm just excited about uh, Miss Suzette and all of the things. Um, I met her a couple of months ago, and I just, her vibe is just, she's just a wonderful person. So, Miss Suzette, thank you so much for joining the show today. Good morning, Miss Wanda. Thank you for having me. I am beyond delighted and honored to be here. I am happy to have you here. I want to jump right into it, because when I heard your story um, and how you got started, um, and the ups and downs that you went through, I knew that that was something that our listeners would need to, would benefit from hearing your story. And so, first of all, before we even get into that, let's talk about who is Suzette Harrison. First of all, you had the unfortunate privilege of not going to Burbank, uh, right? <laughs> true that. <laughs> but now tell tell everybody who uh, is Suzette Harrison. Uh, Suzette Harrison is a Sacramento native, and Miss Wanda and I were laughing because she graduated from Burbank and I graduated from Hiram Johnson. So that is my <laughs> alma mater. I am a wife of almost 30 years next month and a mother of two, right. an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. I am a singer. I love gospel music, jazz, mm-hmm. and I'm an author, and I am a cake decorator and baker. Oh, you got a, a lot of yeah, hats going and on. And a t-shirt maker. And a t-shirt <laughs> maker as well. Lots of things going yes, on. Ma'am. Let's talk about your, your journey into being an author. First of all, I read in your bio how much you loved books. Yes. And I love how your grandmother and your mother sparked that. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up in that that love for books. Absolutely. My mother is not a college-educated woman, but she is absolutely one of the most intelligent women that I know. And I remember as a child, we'd ask my mother, Mommy, what does this word mean? And she would never answer, give us the answer, not that she didn't know it. She would tell us, go get the dictionary. Mm-hmm. What she was doing was sparking kind of like an familiarity and a confidence that I can find out what this piece of this word, this literature, et cetera, what this means. She developed a, um, we, a fem, uh, we were just calm and with books, you know, mm-hmm. we're, some children are intimidated 
um, by reading and by books. I was a school librarian at one point in time, and it was almost heartbreaking to see children who were afraid to touch books Mm. because of their literary literary skills and level. So I appreciate my mother for that, that books were less commonplace. I remember one of my favorite birthday gifts as a child being a book Mm -hmm. pop up and, you know, all these funny pictures, et cetera. Uh So I credit my mother with confidence in literacy. My grandmother was a voracious reader. My grandmother, when she passed away, had tool sheds in the backyard, Mm -hmm. but in those tool sheds were books. Oh, wow. Filled with books. Oh, my goodness. My grandmother had 22 grandchildren, nine children, but she still made time to read. And she Mm -hmm. was, you know, traditional mother in that day, stay-at-home mother. Mm -hmm. She still... You'd find her in her chair by the door, her little armchair Mm -hmm. reading. And one of my favorite memories as a child, we would spend time at my grandparents, of course, and my cousins. We were all local. So we'd gather at my grandparents. They were like, you know, the hub. That's Mm -hmm. where people gathered. And sometimes my cousins will be outside playing, running like children did back in the day on summertime. I would be sitting at my grandmother's feet, literally. My grandmother would be in her chair. I would be sitting down on the floor at her feet. And we're both reading. Wow, that's Books. amazing. Yes. That love. And so that love translated into a love of writing or? Absolutely did... had um, to do with it. Absolutely stimulated it. Mm-hmm. Um, just the love of books. And then even my Aunt Leora, she had a built-in wall was a bookcase and there were books and books there. And I lived at her home for a while. Uh, my family did when we were, I was a teenager and I would read her books. And of course there were books I should not have been reading. <laughs> my mother doesn't know that I was reading those books. But there were, you know, my aunt's books, they were adult books, but uh-huh. just that literature, that love. But I started writing as a child okay. and I wrote poetry, you know, so I was going to be Dr. Maya Angelou, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. So I wrote poetry and I probably exhausted my mother with all the cards and things that I made for her. Uh-huh. So I actually did think that poetry was going to be my path. Okay. I even um, published like in junior high school in our high school, you know, creative journal. And in college, I actually had some pieces published in my college journal of poetry. Mm-hmm. So that is actually what I thought my direction was going to be. I never saw myself as a novelist yeah. at all honesty. So how did that transition happen? Oh, my goodness. Okay, nutshell story, because it's a... Well, we got time, girl. We got time. We, we got all the time. <laughs> we, we have the time. Thank you, Miss Wanda. So in the early 90s, newly married, just my husband and I, no children at that time, and I was in this very dark place in my life, and I did not know what was going on, but it was to the point that all I could do was go to work, come home, get in the bed, pull the covers over my head, mm-hmm. and this went on for months, and nothing seemed to help, and I'm praying, and I'm reading my Bible, and nothing's breaking this darkness that was on me, and I remember getting so sick of my own self that I said, let me go read something. Mm-hmm. So I went and I grabbed Dr. Maya Angelou's I Know Why, The Caged Bird Sings. I'd read it before Mm -hmm. as a teenager but it was the thing that I I just gravitated to so I read it literally every night when I came home from beginning to end when I finished with Miss Wanda hear me when I say this is not figuratively I mean literally when I finished and closed that book the darkness broke Mm. And I remember saying, Lord, if this is the power of words and the power of literature, then this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I got up and I went in my little small computer room or my office where my computer was. And I literally began to write my first novel or manuscript first novel. I did zero with it. 
because this is the early 90s mm-hmm. and my story was surrounding a African-American heroine, black woman, in love with an Italian man. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, first of all, I didn't even know that black romance novels existed. Okay. Secondly, certainly did not know that interracial right romance novels existed. Thirdly, there was no internet as we know it today where I can just get on and Google and find out how to go about publishing this. Mm -hmm. I did nothing with it. I boxed it and put it aside. Mm. And so I beat myself up for that for years. And that was my worst shoulda, woulda, coulda. Because had I followed a path through to completion, I would have been published, you know, the Lord's blessings back in the early 90s, I would have had almost 30 years in the game, yeah. you know, by now and yeah. been well established further than what I am. But life lessons, mm-hmm. you know, and take wisdom away from it. Right. So was that there was just always this nagging kind of feeling like I should be doing more with that or again that transition to I wrote this thing and Mm -hmm. the story is amazing of how you went from this darkness Mm -hmm. and and just the transformative power of words like you said read this book and then automatically you had no did you have a doubt you just sat down at the computer and just started started because that was what was supposed to happen and and already building up in you it was like um First of all, let me backtrack just a little bit in saying that now I know the name of that darkness. It was depression. Mm -hmm. I did not know what it was at that point in time. But I I (laughs) classify it now as depression. And to see that that book. I believe that God allowed me to go through that Mm -hmm. because as I said, I prayed and I read my word and nothing broke that. Mm -hmm. I believe that it was a divine tool Mm -hmm. that God allowed me to go through that darkness and to see the power of literature, the power of words that this is what literature can do for people. Mm. Not that that'll happen in every instance, but this is the power it contains. This is the possibility of its power. So then, as I said afterwards and went to writing, I didn't know anything about an interracial romance. I don't even really like romance and I'm a romance (laughs) writer. I know that's (laughs) ironic, but for me to sit down and have this full-fledged story in my mind, that was the miracle that came out of that depression. Mm. And then from there, that's I began to write novels. What an amazing story, an amazing start. And knowing that that was it happened the way it was supposed to happen, yes. even through the darkness and through everything. That was the way it was supposed to happen to get you to where you are today. Were you writing anything at that time? I mean, so that was your first foray. That was my first foray. At that time, my husband and I were both in school, in college. Okay, okay. He was pursuing his bachelor's, and I was at City College just playing around because uh-huh. I didn't want to be the dumb one in the family. <laughs> so I'm just going to go take a couple of nights classes just uh-huh. so I'm not dumb. So <laughs> I had no intention, no intention whatsoever uh-huh. of being an author. Wow. And then once you wrote that first book... The, the manuscript. Sure. You didn't do anything with it, but no, did, that, did that give you a feeling of, okay, now this is something that's possible? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It sparked and it birthed and it, you know, was the incubator, so to speak. And it allowed me to have a different vision mm-hmm. that, well, maybe I can do something like this. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do as part of my life work, as part of my calling. I look at it as ministry, and that mm-hmm. might sound weird to people, but for me, it's ministry. It's a part of my voice yeah. that I get to use to put words on paper and words in print. So that's part of my ministry. So fast forwarding, several years later, my husband received a doctorate um, fellowship at 
uh, UC Santa Barbara. So, of course, I'm going, too. I'm not staying here while you go right. to school. So we right. both pack up and leave Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And I, um, my husband excuse me, I continue at City College there. And then my husband dares me to apply to UC Santa Barbara. I'm like, no, you don't dare me. Oh, I'm about to put this application (laughs) in. So (laughs) I did apply and I was accepted. However, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. Mm -hmm. So at first I'm like, oh, I think I will major in French and Italian. I'll speak these beautiful languages and Mm -hmm. travel, blah, blah, blah. Until I go and find out that they need another six years of my life to finish this. Right. To finish this degree. And I said, oh, no, ma'am, no, sir. I don't have another six years just to stay in school. So I'm looking at my options, considering what to do. And we're in the office looking at, you know, the majors that the school offered. And I see black studies. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, do you mean that I can actually study my own culture, study my people and earn a degree? I remember saying to my husband, I am going to study in black studies. I'm going to major, excuse me, black studies, because when I write, Mm. I want my novels to have an authenticity of our experience that goes beyond my personal knowledge. Mm. I really did not know what I was saying. You didn't know what you were were proclaiming over your own life. I was prophesying. Oh, my goodness. Yes, ma'am. So I majored in black studies and I want you to know I write um, historical fiction as African-American historical as well. And I am able to draw from the lessons that I learned in my black studies program to bring in that authenticity in my historical novels, Mm. facts and figures and things that I still recall. And so I have a, um, let's see, how can I say a a familiarity with research Mm -hmm. and researching black history is like my comfort. I love it. Yeah. Still, you're being guided on this path and not even realizing that this is still part of your 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 fine your I don't want to say final destination, mm-hmm. but your destiny that you're moving towards now. So, okay, we're gonna take a break because when we come back, I want to <laughs> ask this thing that's just been burning in my head. If I, and I'm hoping that people are listening, people that are listening are learning from your journey because I meet a lot of people as I go to events. I meet a lot of men and women who say, I have a book in me. I want to write. I want to self-publish. I want to, and they don't know where to start. And some people say, I have a one really close friend that says, I have a book in me, but I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And so hearing Suzette's story of, even though she was in this dark place, she kept pushing through and not even knowing as much as maybe some of the other people, knowing that that was the thing that was cathartic for her that got her to the next level. You can do the same thing. So, man, stay here. This is going to be a wonderful conversation. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. More with Suzette Harrison. Like what you hear? Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. She's empowering women through conversation. She's Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. I love books. I love reading. I love meeting entrepreneurs. I love encouraging folks and I'm hoping that you are getting encouraged by today's conversation Suzette has an amazing story we're going to jump right back into it because I have so many burning questions (laughs) that I want to get to so um, you know when we left before the break we talked about how you were at UCSB um, you studied majored in black studies um, on a dare from your husband but you knew that you wanted to, to major in black studies because you wanted to when you did write, you wanted to write from an authentic place about Afri- the African-American experience. Absolutely. 
And so from there, you go to UCSB. Fast forward to BET, because I don't think a lot of people know that BET even had a book division. Absolutely. Back it in did. the day. Yes, ma'am. So how did you even get there from UCSB <laughs> to BET and your first really start into now becoming a fully published author? All right. So we're going to fast forward. And we know by that time we had AOL, um, oh, okay. you know, America Online. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> So I actually uh, friended someone on America Online's sister. I won't mention her name online. And turns out she was a uh, an up and coming literary agent okay. or someone who was trying to establish her literary agency. So we, you know, friended each other and we just had a friendship. It wasn't about me trying to utilize her services at mm-hmm. that time. I didn't even have a manuscript ready, you know, truthfully to speak truthfully on it. So I'm working full time at my job here in Sacramento City College at mm-hmm. that time. And I'm writing my my story that I'm actually in my heart and mind. I'm going to get this one published. Mm-hmm. I might not have published that other one, but this one's going to somebody's print. Mm-hmm. So I um, go ahead and I finish my manuscript. And what I did, Wanda, I remember making my own book cover, mm-hmm. just a graphic, you know, as inspiration. And I posted mm-hmm. it in my cubicle at work. I put it in my house on the mirror. I put it in my bathroom on the mirror excuse me I put it in my office on the wall at home as my visual yeah. inspiration I had my my name the title of the book and a, you know a graphic of a picture and I looked at that constantly mm. to encourage myself that this is going to come to pass that was my visual vision you know so to speak mm-hmm. so I go ahead and I finish the my first manuscript or that manuscript and the friend that I mentioned she offered to represent me so uh, I you know we sign our contract, et cetera, and she shops my book. And this, when I, my understanding is this is unheard of. I gave her my book, and I think within a, a couple of weeks, BET responded. I did not receive wow. not one rejection letter. Mm. BET Books, and this is BET Television that we know, know today, they yeah. had a publishing company back in the early 90s, in the 90s, and they picked it up, and I was opted for two books. So I had a two-book contract. Mm-hmm. So that's how I came in to the publishing world and my first foray was to be published by a major publisher one of the big blessings and benefit we're talking BET television right. you know so my book is on commercials on BET when wow. they're you know sh- um, showcasing their books and that was phenomenal to, as a first time writer to come out the gate like that that was totally God had nothing to do with me and to see your books on television was just amazing Mm -hmm. experience so they published my first two books which was Living on the Edge of Respectability and the second one was When Perfect Ain't Possible Mm -hmm. fast forward a little bit more they opted for books number three and four so I had another contract a subsequent contract for my next two books Mm -hmm. unfortunately that's when the recession started hitting Mm. and our country had our economic decline and because I wasn't a you know household national best-selling author yeah. that can guarantee um, sales my contract was rescinded and let I went ahead of myself just a little bit BET books sold to another major publishing company okay. and that's where I lost my contract when they sold to another major publishing company that company cut me Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I'm going to see if I can dissect this (laughs) because I have questions in every part of the story. So as you were writing that first manuscript, you continued to work and just kind of plugged away. Yes, ma'am. So that that point I want to make is that 
even though we're doing our nine to five, if you have that dream, go for it. Just continue to work at it. Work at it in every spare minute, in every spare hour of your day, because you will get to where you need to be. So I wanted to point that out to people. Yes. The other thing, but the other, what I wanted to ask was, what was, you know, you, when you, when you gave the book to your friend, was there, it, there was no intention behind it. You just were sharing it with her just to share or? Well, we had conversations. She okay. knew that I was a, um, an aspiring author. Okay. And as I said, she was establishing her firm as so a literary agent. To. So it was a business agreement that okay. we entered into contractually. Okay. And then she shopped the book as my literary agent to BET and Got to it. other publishing houses. What was the call or the, the contact from BET like? What was that? What, what were you feeling you know, this is like we said, BET, right? And back in the '90s, BET was like everything. It was. What was that for you, and how did that change your life? Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful question. It, again, it was an amazing experience, and to again to have that as your first time mm-hmm. out the gate as a new, unheard of author, mm-hmm. that is definitely a boost to your your morale personally. It's a boost to your morale as an author. It's um, it catapults you and it gives you a certain kind of confidence that maybe you would not have had if you went different routes mm-hmm. or your book was rejected. And you hear about authors who submit their books over and over. Even J.K. Rowling, you mm-hmm. get 50 rejections. But look at her now. Ha right. ha. She's laughing all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. But you do have those rejections. And to have that, that was not my first experience was a blessing Mm -hmm. but then also set me up for false expectations Mm -hmm. as well and we might get to the next part of that story where I had to learn what it feels like to be rejected we're going to get there in just a minute in that experience with BET being this published author on BET books having your books on TV what was that whirlwind like? What were you on tour? What what happened? No, I did not go on tours at all. Um, even it's kind of like with self publishing authors, you have to put up your own, you know, create a lot of your own marketing and okay. do your own um, publication and publicizing. Excuse me. Um, so no, I didn't go on tour. I did have the pleasure of going like to the BET Awards, uh-huh. you know, things of that nature. Uh-huh. That was wonderful. Meeting other authors, okay. you know, that was. Um, being part of a larger community. I don't know if anyone remembers Black Expressions. It was like a book, you know, magazine had my books in Black (laughs) Expression. It was elevating, absolutely elevating. But you also have to be careful that your elevation doesn't become your arrogance. And I absolutely suffered some of that too, in all honesty. Because again, like you said, it was a whirlwind affair. Mm -hmm. It was like, descriptive you know something that little town girl here I am little girl from Sacramento Uh and I have the attention of a national television you know um, syndicate or company excuse me so it was absolutely elevating but I also fell prey unfortunately and honestly to some arrogance Mm -hmm. and that absolutely impeded part of my journey and that's probably why my journey has been what it has been. Mm-hmm. Now I can look back on in hindsight as a more mature person and appreciate even the pitfalls. And I would have done things maybe differently. Yeah. But it was wonderful. It was a whirlwind. No, I wasn't balling rich, you know, coin. Well, because that's what people I would imagine. <laughs> no. Even being the person that was signed. Oh, I'm signed to BET. I'm quitting my job tomorrow. No. I'm going to this is going to be my new life. Mm-hmm. And 
And so sometimes that happens. Right. For some, it does. No, I wasn't bringing in six figures. So Uh let's just make that really clear. (laughs) And at that point, my husband and I were blessed. We had been married 11 years and we were blessed to conceive our first child. So our choice was that I was going to be a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. So I was able to focus on my writing career. You know, I didn't have to work at that point in time. And I had a little money coming in, you know, Mm -hmm. from the books and from the sales. So that was a blessing. And that was wonderful. But like I said, after those first two books, that contract disappeared. And I went into hiatus, basically. Uh, that's when I started getting rejection letters. When I, um, as a self-publisher, um, or excuse me, someone promoting herself and reaching out to publishing companies, that's when I learned what a rejection letter looks like. And so, you know, coming out the gate, first book, um, you know, on BET, you know, on the national stage, and then you get sold, which happens often. The company gets sold. And now let's go into that. Let's unpack that whole what do you mean I'm rejected? And what do you mean my contract? <laughs> like, what was that? Share that with everyone. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, that initial agent and myself, we had to part ways. Mm -hmm. Our working relationship did not work. And that might be a lesson, too, to some of us. Don't enter into working relationships with friends or persons that you think are friends. Mm -hmm. Some things, unfortunately, happened that were unscrupulous, and I had to cut ties. So I went my own separate way. So I began to write another manuscript, and here's where I brought in my black studies. I began to write historical African-American fiction. And so we're talking from approximately maybe 2008 all the way to 2016. I was in this, just again, dark place, but this time, thank you, Lord, I didn't go into a full-fledged depression. Mm -hmm. I was basically hurt, sad, that this is what is happening to this beautiful career that I thought would really skyrocket. Mm -hmm. Now I'm at the back of the bus, Mm -hmm. and I'm unheard of, and nobody knows who I am anymore, and I'm underground now. But again, Miss Wanda, there are blessings even in things that we think are tragedies. There are blessings to be had. What that period of time did for me was allowed me to be quiet. I had no pressure of deadlines. Mm -hmm. I had no one telling me what to write, how to write, because this new historical manuscript, I had submitted it to my editor when I was under publishing. And no, no, we don't want that. That's too far off of what you've already established. Your Mm -hmm. contemporary and your audience goes with you for the contemporary. We can't switch to historical. So I don't have that pressure of anyone telling me what to do or how to do or what to write. I have the freedom to examine myself. Because in all honesty, those first books that I wrote, it was what was popular Mm. at that time. Got on the bandwagon of the Terry McMillan phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Write relationship, friendship stories, do this, you know. So I went that way. But now that no one is tied to me and I'm not tied to anyone else, I get to decide what kind of author I want to be and what kind of stories I want to write. But how long did it take you to get there? Because I would imagine that from that initial rejection right of the contract being terminated to submitting to other agency or publishers that are also rejecting how did how long did it take you or what was that process to get through looking at looking at it for the freedom that it gave you Mm -hmm. for now I don't have to worry about deadlines and maybe I can publish this myself like what was that how long did it take you to get to that place it was not overnight. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. I had a pity party. I mm-hmm. threw myself a pity party without champagne. But trust you me, Suzette had a pity party mm-hmm. that no one likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll eat some worms. Mm-hmm. So there was a moment in time and it might have lasted, I don't know, a year or so where I'm in this place where I am just deflated mm-hmm. 
and I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I have to start asking myself, well, and looking at it in a positive you get to decide, even though it's still hurt, you get to decide what kind of writer you want to be. So it was a slow process, in all honesty. Yeah. But I did it. I stayed in underground. I call it my incubator period. Okay. I stayed in that incubator and I worked it out. Mm-hmm. Even the times I didn't like myself, I had to work it out and just establish who I am as an author. No, I'm not going to just follow trends. Mm-hmm. If anything, let me be a trendsetter. Right. I'm going to write from my heart. That's when that came to play for me. I'm going to now write from my heart, from what's inside of me, my marrow. I'm going down. I'm going to dig down deep into the marrow, to the blood, to the bone. And so I worked on this manuscript and I worked on this manuscript. And when I say not edit, I rewrote and rewrote and rewrote this manuscript until 2016. Mm. And my husband was like so sick of me. He's like, either you're going to submit that file and press that button that you approve that file or it's on and cracking. Mm-hmm. So I decided with all of the rejection letters that I received, I was going to self-publish. And that's what I did. Okay. And was that, that's when Taffy was born? Yes, ma'am. That okay. is Taffy. Okay. Taffy was released in 2016 and she I talked, I speak of her as if she's a living entity, you know, for me, my characters are, my, my work is. That girl catapulted me to a place in myself, maybe not nationally and branded, that gave me a different kind of confidence as a writer that this is what you were absolutely called to do. If you had questions before, now you know. And then for her, for me to come back from nowhere and then without BET behind me and to see her blossom and bloom and grow the way she did and the way that book did was phenomenal. So I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been published by a traditional publisher uh-huh. and I've been published a self-publisher. I've been on both sides. So when you decided, when Taffy came to be and you decided, I'm going to publish for myself, did you know anything about, like, you had been on the other side, so all of the footwork was handled by the editing company and, and by the publisher. Now here you are, your own publisher. What was that journey like? It's frightening in the sense that you wear every hat mm-hmm. and everything's going to come back on you. Even if you farm out your work, even if you hire an editor, even if you hire a graphic artist and you have someone else working on those pieces, mm-hmm. even if you hire someone to do your marketing and social media blitz and promotion, you're still your company. You still at the end of the day are wearing those hats. You're still totally responsible. So there is a big, um, a heavy responsibility but mm-hmm. then there's also a great joy that I didn't give up that I didn't give in that I didn't tell myself it's not possible that I didn't just rely on the largesse or of others or a mm-hmm. publishing contract that I actually did this and you know for a long time self-publishing was basically the bastard mm-hmm. of the publishing industry right you know back in the day it was losers you know quote unquote right. only folks who can. You couldn't get get a contract so you yes, had to publish ma'am. your own exactly so you don't expect you know Readers don't expect much from you as a self-publisher. That has gradually changed. And we see so many authors now that are self-publishing. But yeah, that was kind of scary. You know, who's going to receive this as legitimate? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't have a major press behind me. Wow. 
Well, this is just wonderful conversation. I thank you so much, uh, Suzette, uh, for just sharing yourself with us. If you're just joining us, this is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a wonderful conversation with my guest, Suzette Harrison, who is an amazing and phenomenal author and sharing her journey with us on this, how she came to be where she is now. And now you, you know, you have those two books with BET books. Taffy was born and now you're six books seven in seven, I believe yes, seven books yes, yes. in now yes. and you never quit you never quit well here's the thing for me as I said earlier this isn't a hobby this is my life's work mm-hmm. for me I look at it as ministry it's a part of my voice that I get to articulate and share with others a part of um, who I am a part of what God has given me and gifted me with so for me it's just not an option to quit Yeah, I could quit any and everything else extracurricular but writing is the one thing that I'm committed to to my last breath on this earth and that's when you know that that's what you were called to do like you said when you know that that's your true core passion is something that you you would do no matter what and like I was saying earlier you know you would do that nine to five and come home and write or get up early in the morning and write before work or whatever it is because that's when you know that that thing that's stirring inside of you that's the thing that you're supposed to be doing absolutely and to say, um, speak to the point that you just made me before I had children don't bother my sleep uh-huh. sleep was this like luxury jewel to me let me sleep as long as possible and then I'm going to hit the snooze button but with writing I've been getting up as I was sharing with you earlier 4 a.m. to -hmm. write before I go to work because I do work 40 hours a week Mm -hmm. outside of my home right now so I have to find time make time people say well I don't have time to if you love it you will find a way to incorporate it into your existence is it going to be easy not necessarily will it require sacrifice absolutely but you will make time for that thing that you love and that's part of your purpose so I'm up at 4 a.m. sometimes I'm up at 5 a.m. sometimes I don't write at night anymore because after working all day I'm tired Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) every now and then I'm, if the inspiration is really there, I might you know get a little bit in. But I try to relax at night reading. I still want to read. I'm still a voracious reader. I still want to support my mm-hmm. other fellow sister authors. Mm-hmm. It's not all just about me. So I read other write you know work. Um, so you will make time. Sorry, yeah. it's not going to be easy. I wish I could lie to you and mm-hmm. say that it'll just be smooth sailing. You're going to put some sweat behind your dream. So tell, can you tell us a little bit about how a book comes to be, like your process? Do you, like you said, your characters are like living, breathing people to you. So do you already have like um, a path, a person in mind or a character in mind and you just kind of script it out? Do you outline, these are the things I want to talk about? Like what's, a, can just share a little bit about your process? Because I don't want to give it all away. Right. But you know, a little bit about your process and how a book comes to be probably like the worst outliner ever (laughs) I write in bullet points okay so it might be conversational this character said this this character said that or I write in bullet points things that I want to incorporate or that should be incorporated in a book Mm -hmm. I try my hardest to outline Miss Wanda Uh I'm terrible at it so (laughs) I think I'm kind of like a free thinker in a sense Uh 
there are people you call them um, plotters and then pantsers. They fly by the seat of their pants. Uh-huh. I call myself a plantster. I do a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> My style's a little bit of both. Uh-huh. And I was so bad. I would have notes everywhere, just all over my office desk. Notes, notes, notes. And I've gotten a little better in that now I use a journal to compile those notes. And then as I incorporate my bullet points in my story, then I cross that off okay. and move to next. Okay. But usually I have maybe a visual of what the story is. Okay. And then you just go from there. And I go from there. All right. Well... I think that that's amazing. Or I always think of, when I think of authors, now I wrote a chapter in a book. That's To me, that's different than writing an entire novel. Um, but I always think of people that always have a pen in hand or mm-hmm. a, a, a voice recorder or yes, something, ma'am. and they get these thoughts, and they're, yes. oh, okay. And this, you know, so that was that's why it was so interesting to hear what your process was, and I'm sure everyone's is a little bit different. But just basically, you know, what, what tips would you give someone that – you know, like I said earlier, I meet a lot of people that say, I have a book in me. I really want to write. I feel like I have something to say. Like, what tips would you give that person to get to start writing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What What are some of the things that you would recommend for them? Uh, again, like you said, the uh, have or excuse me, have a journal or a notepad and just start to write your thoughts out. What is your novel or your book? If it's a uh, fact, what is it about? What do you hope to convey to your audience? What's your message? Um, do you have a particular target audience in mind? So be clear about your goals, your aim, and why you are writing. Mm-hmm. Are you writing just because I'm going to make 20 copies and give it to my family and my friends? Mm-hmm. Am I writing because I would love for this to be my career? Am I? You, know, you have to know your, your in-game reasons, why you're doing what you're doing. Do things such as I said, keep a notebook by and like I do. I mm-hmm. absolutely keep my notebook and my voice recorder uh-huh. nearby so that I can capture the idea because trust you'll lose it. You'll think that I'll hold it on, but then you go back to work and you start doing X, Y, and Z and you lose and you forget. Mm-hmm. So be real clear on your goals. Be real clear on who your audience is, your why you're doing it, and then maybe carve out, start with something that is manageable. Don't lie to yourself and say, I'm going to write for two hours today. Mm. You're lying. Stop the lies. (laughs) Start with something manageable and as it may be five minutes and you set your timer for five minutes, I'm going to do nothing but write or 10 minutes. And then you slowly build. You build that writing muscle. Mm -hmm. You build your writing memory. And then you can next thing you know you have pages and you have chapters and then you have a book but you have to start somewhere versus I'm scared and I can't do this and I don't know how if there's a story in you the story needs to come out yeah yeah absolutely oh good words good words uh thank you for joining us this is full circle we will be right back we're going to take a quick break more with Suzette Harrison and talking about her journey and how she can help you at least give you some advice on publishing yourself and where you want to find Miss Suzette at. So keep it right here. We'll be right back. Also coming back out of the break, we'll have Barbara Range joining us from the Brookhouse Art Gallery and we'll be talking all things Sacramento Black Book Fair. It's full circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. We'll be right back. Show your support for the show by liking and sharing our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda, life coach, motivational speaker, and Friend to sisters everywhere. 
Yes, thank you so much for joining the program. I'm having an amazing time having a conversation with my guest, Suzette Harrison, um, and she's been sharing with her, with us, her journey to becoming a published author. And I told you Suzette has got something that she is going to help you with if you are uh, looking to self-publish. You're actually doing a workshop, right, ma'am? Yes, ma'am, that is correct, at the Sacramento Black Book Fair this year. Yes, and so your workshop is about how to self-publish do that whole process that's correct and you've heard that she's on book number six now four of those have been self-published right yes that is correct Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so you know she knows what she's talking about (laughs) so you you want to make sure that you're there but we've invited barbara range into the conversation uh i I have to just tell you a little (laughs) bit about miss barbara the first time i met her I was just like totally smitten and I have been smitten with her ever since I could have um, I was I was having my birthday party my milestone birthday party at the Brickhouse Art Gallery Gallery and Art Complex and I went in to Miss Barbara and we just had this amazing conversation and I have just been totally like fascinated with her ever since because she is just a woman full of knowledge she loves the Oak Park community and she loves the black community and she loves bridging the gap between the generations and and connecting us with history like she broke down a whole history lesson to me and I was just amazed and so I am so happy and honored that you said yes to coming on the show today because you know you're just one of my favorite people wow I guess if you guys could see me I'm blushing (laughs) (laughs) wow man (laughs) wow beautiful thank you so much Miss Wanda I mean it's it's literally an honor uh, for me to be here. So, I mean, really, anything that you ask, you should know. Oh, yeah, that I you. would do. All right. Honestly. We're talking about my wedding reception is going to be at the bridge. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no perspective in mind, but I'm just putting it out oh, there. Oh, that's right? okay. That's okay. I've had some wonderful weddings at the gallery. So, Ms. Barbara's here to talk about, you were on the ground floor of the Sacramento Black Book Fair. Yeah. Um, I can't believe it's been six years. I can't either. Um, you know, like even now when I think about it, and I think I was sharing with with you both that um, the amazing people that I am included to be with and and help this whole event come together is absolutely amazing to me. Uh, Dr. Coven, Faye Kennedy, um, Carol Borden, um, blessings to her, um, who was also on the 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 ground, mm-hmm. the beginning, you know of creating this book fair, uh, Kokwasi, uh, Somadi. Uh, so being brought into this to help bring something to um, the historic Oak Park community, a black book fair um, for six years. And um, Dr. Coven's vision just continues, his commitment mm-hmm. uh, to the black community, his commitment to uh, black authors, his commitment to um, literature and and bringing literature to such a historic community is just phenomenal. Yeah. Six years. The book yeah. fair spans. I mean, it's there's a little something for everyone, right? Yes. And it, it to me, I can visualize bridging the gap. Uh, Suzette shared earlier how uh, you were um, you worked at a school with little ones who were intimidated 
buy books and buy reading because they weren't confident in their reading skills. And so I, I think of things like the Black Book Fair where you've got something for everyone and that helps to encourage kids mm-hmm. that even though you might not be strong right now, right. just keep reading. That reading is something that... W- you can't afford to be intimidated by. Yeah. You know, I think um, one of the really awesome components that was added about three, four years ago was the um, book readings. Mm -hmm. And so book selections are made, you know, from preschool all the way to high school on various books. And you go out into the various high schools, you know, that want us And we go into those schools and there's tons of volunteers that come and read to the children of all ages, Mm -hmm. but bringing the books to them so that that fear, when you see a book or a piece of literature that is you or is resonating with the issues that you as a child or as a young teenager or as an adult, um, you can deal better, right? Um, You're more empowered to pick up a book. Um, and I think that I've seen a lot of children uh, who have become that way, who now feel like, wow, I can read. But there are also, we know that there are books, right, that are about mm-hmm. us and for us yeah. in any, any type of, um, I'd say, emotional medium that you want. There's something there written by an author for every child yeah. of every generation. Yeah, I, I has a really good friend of mine uh her son is having a baby and they asked for us to bring books to the baby shower. And I sat in underground books, no lie, for probably almost an hour because Isn't there were awesome? so many to choose yes. from. And it just warms my heart because when my well, when my son was a kid, there was starting to be a little bit more in that space. There was there was more than there was when I was a kid. Okay. And so um, it was just heartwarming to see. All, I couldn't choose. I mean, I had a, a two hands full of books because there was something about our hair yes. and being proud to be black and 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 being able to be live in this diverse or mm-hmm. live our rich culture and history and talk to it from little kids. I'm just looking at the um, the community read and flyer books like I Got Rhythm, yes. where, you know, about a little girl or Max found two sticks about how he drums mm-hmm. and just being proud, you know. And so I'm just happy that we have outlets like the Black Book Fair so that we can start to show our kids and, and we have books in general to show our kids that it's time for us to be proud of who we are, to oh. really stand on who we are. Exactly. Be proud of my hair, yes. my yes. lips, yes. my big booty, all of that, exactly. right? But to be proud of who I am, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay, okay, maybe I went too far. Oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, it's embracing all of it, yeah. And then, like you said, uh, underground books. Do you know how fast our bookstores, our black bookstores mm-hmm. are fading, yeah. right? Yes. Um, you know, and then me coming up in uh, the 70s and the 80s in Southern California and then just seeing, you know, uh, uh, African-American bookstores everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we must support them. Yeah. And I promise you, when you walk into underground books, you're, you really become a child, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. you're Candy just turning store. around everywhere, <laughs> yeah. everywhere, everywhere. And I spend, I can spend hours mm-hmm. uh, inside that bookstore. But yeah, yeah but that's a, that's a whole other story of the wonderful things that we have uh, for the black community that enrich us. Um, that we really must support in order for them to sustain. Yeah. yeah. So the Black Book Fair is a three-day event. Oh, we got a call. Let's 
let's take a call. <laughs> if you want to put on your headphones, ladies, and you might have to plug in there. So let's see what we got here. Hello, this is Full Circle. Hi, I just wanted to say I'm enjoying your guys' show today, and thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Now, I hope that we'll see you next weekend at the Black Book Fair, right? Or two weekends from now at the Black Book Fair, right? Yes. And where is it located? It's going to be, well, Miss Barbara, you can give the details. Uh, where we have various locations. So um, the first location on May 31st will be at Underground Books, where we have a uh, reception with uh, the authors. And then we head over to the Guild Theater. And that's starting at uh, 6 p.m at uh, Underground Books. And then we head over to the Guild Theater for a uh, panel discussion um, with the authors that begins at 7 p.m. The book fair um, opening uh, reception is May 31st. The book fair itself uh, begins on Saturday, June 1st. And that's uh, the location will be uh, 2837 36th Street, and that's at the Brick House Art Gallery. We'll have a kids' zone. 2837 36th Street. And uh, that's in Historic Oak Park at the corner of Broadway and 36th Street. Okay. And um, we kick it off with a parade. We go from 10 a.m. until 5.30 p.m. Kids' zone um, at the gallery. Vendors, the street is blocked off and there's vendors, um, music, uh, authors, just about everything that you can possibly imagine uh, for a book fair. So thank you so much and we hope to see you there. And thank you for listening to the show. Thank you. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, excuse me. A parade? <laughs> I yeah. love the parade. <laughs> well, you know, the parade was founded by Carol Borden. Okay. Um, so she really took pride um, uh, in the parade of just, I want everybody to know, she says. Mm. <laughs> and so the parade was that. And we started off with the, um, um, with the band um, that she always brought in a band. She would bring in um, the uh, Kings. Uh, cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. uh, she'd create uh, um, book signs for you know for all of the participants to carry. She'd have she'd call in uh, African drummers, mm. you know, because it was a celebration. Mm -hmm. It was a libation. Um, it was a christening uh, to kick off the the book fair. So um, we still do it um, because it's in honor of Carol Borden. Carol of Carol's books. Uh, no, oh, no. Carol, Carol Borden, uh, very known uh, African American, and I would say philanthropist okay. uh, here in Sacramento. Okay, um, her son is the um, uh, worked in the art community, Trey Borden, okay. uh, who did some amazing art projects here. But uh, Carol uh, was a who's who, and who knew everyone, and who could really encourage. Um, sponsors, community, and uh, just that philanthropic uh, uh, community to come in and support uh, the book fair. Oh, 
She was amazing. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about a uh, reception on Friday. Yes. Right? Yes. So can we talk about who of uh, who are a few of the featured authors that will be uh, attending the reception? And is it open to the public? Oh, it's free. Okay. Um, so that's what everyone needs to know. Uh, the reception, though, you'd have to go on to um, Eventbrite. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, Sacramento Black Book, a uh, sixth annual Sacramento Black Book Fair on uh, Eventbrite.com. Okay. Can't miss it. Um, and then uh, Dr. Coven does a um, uh, opening. Um, we have uh, some of the dignitaries. We might have a city council member, Jay Chenier there. Um, uh, Richard Pan has come in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have the authors, though. And so, um, you know, I should have put my glasses on. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Where uh, Minerva Stewart, Bill Fletcher Jr., Christine yes. Brown, and, and Isaac um, Sirwanga? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, see how old I'm getting? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. And so they will be uh, having leading a discussion. They'll lead. A, okay. They'll lead a discussion. You know, um, um, the audience is encouraged to participate, and this is where you have an opportunity, a real opportunity, um, to. Um, get a picture of the authors who are there Mm -hmm. um, and some of the issues, you know, that are discussed. And sometimes um, it gets away from, um, (laughs) there's so many issues, I should say, that are addressing us at this particular time. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything from education, our health care, to Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. uh, gentrification, uh, everything that you can possibly imagine. And then we have um, Q&A. Uh, there and then we break off at nine uh, from um, the Gill Theater and then we head over to uh, the Brick House Art Gallery for a post reception where we have music. We'll have uh, jazz group uh, present um, uh, Norman McDaniel's, uh, who's a jazz guitarist. Uh, we have food. We have art. We have an amazing. Um, artist um, reception uh, that evening also too uh, with Kareem Daniels and um, it's called The Invisible uh, Man Mm -hmm. Reclaiming the Lives of uh, Our Black Fathers. So that'll be photography images that'll be uh, on uh, on that wall but everything that is happening um, is really created to uh, educate us, empower us and um, I say activate. Mm -hmm. What's the the theme of this year's um, book fair? I know last year it was creating a legacy was last year's theme. Uh, What's the theme for this year? So the theme this year is about legends. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Honoring the legends, you know, of authors. uh, Honoring the legends of um, uh, uh, historic figures, you know, within our community as well, too. Oh, okay. It actually, it says 2019 theme, creating a legacy. Yes. On the other flyer, it was a little bit different. So creating a legacy, and I like that again, it's about the legacy of literacy, mm-hmm. like making sure that we continue that on, not just with the reading, but also supporting our local black authors mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and making sure that that is something. Because I don't think that, I mean, until I became an author just this last year, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. Like I would write poetry as well as a young person and write my stories as a kid, but I never connected that I would be an author. And so just being able to showcase the different authors um, at the Black Book Fair, 
I think it's important for us to also continue the legacy there, the legacy of telling our story the way that only we can tell it, you know. Yes. So I, yes. I just I'm, I'm I'm so excited about the entire book, book fair. Um, again, it starts with Books on Parade on um, June. Well, the Books on Parade is kind of like the kickoff, but we've got the reception the night before exactly. on Friday. Um, but you want to come out. You can get all the details and information if you go to the website, SacramentoBlackBookFair.com, and you can get locations, times. And I want to talk when we come back from the break about how you're incorporating other aspects of the local author. So we have the reception on Friday, but like Suzette's doing a workshop. So what are some of the other things that we can expect? So we're going to um, take a quick break and we'll come right back. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. Thank you so much for joining the program. We will be right back more with Barbara Range, more with Suzette Harrison and the Sacramento, the sixth annual Sacramento Black Book Fair. We'll be right back. If you have something to add to the conversation, drop us a line at Full Circle975 at gmail.com. And she's back, empowering women one conversation at a time. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. Thank you so much for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a wonderful conversation all about the sacrament, the sixth annual. I want to make sure to give respect, the sixth annual Sacramento Black Book Fair. If you don't know about it, make sure you join it this year. You're, there's going to be a lot of amazing things happening workshops um like my guest suzette harrison here is going to be giving a workshop suzette let's just talk a little bit about your workshop before we jump back into conversation with miss barbara so you are kind of guiding people through the self-publishing process yes ma'am that is correct the actual workshop is called passion to print mm. so we're going to do kind of like a boot camp one you know Publishing 101, self-publishing specifically, um, because a lot of times, you know, everyone can't go the traditional published route or they don't want to. They choose to do the self-publishing route. So just helping to kind of streamline that process Mm -hmm. for our authors so that they know that it's doable and they have some really clear guidance on how to go about it. Okay. And you will have homework. There are things that you have to do. I can only present the information. I'm not the genie in the bottle that can make it come to fruition. But you'll walk away with some very clear direction and clear steps how you can go from having that passion to actually seeing your book in print so don't come to miss suzette with your manuscript in hand asking her <laughs> to publish no. your work look because you know one person is out there thinking that no, right self publishing uh, <laughs> but that's so good because like i said I, I meet so many people that say they have a book in them or they want to write a book and they don't know where to start and you know like we said earlier self-publishing is becoming way more popular way more accepted than it was uh, previously and so there are a lot of people out there that just have a little something to say or may have a lot to say or may want to you know whatever it is they want to get that out there and not sure about the traditional route like you said um, or just wanting to go through that process for themselves as a whole entrepreneur so having that uh, guidance from Miss Suzette Uh, you'll be able to at least learn the steps of the process and be able to go out and do that for yourself. So the information on all of the workshops, you'll be able to find that on their website at sacramentoblackbookfair.com. But you don't want to miss Miss Suzette's From Passion 
to print. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. There's so many things I want to I want to attend myself. So if you're just joining us, like I said, this is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. We are talking about the uh, sixth annual Sacramento Black Book Fair, um, and it is just going to be an amazing event. And the theme is creating a legacy. I love that. A legacy again, not just of being immersed in reading and knowledge, but also showing that we are authors. We can tell our story authentically and be out there and, and, you know, whatever your story is that you want to tell, be able to tell it as an author. And there are so many things for people that are wanting to be in that space. Like Miss Barbara, you were talking about uh, the the author. Is it the author writing circles? Uh, yeah. So there'll be um, uh, writing circles uh, that will happen at some of the different spaces. Um, so Underground Books, uh, the Brick House Gallery, Women's Civic Improvement Club, uh, the AKA House. Um, again, the schedules will be on the site, but there will authors will come together. Mm-hmm. Um, audience or community can come mm-hmm. and participate in those writing circles. And there it is, is where you're learning about the author's process. Okay. You know, how do you... Uh, come to the point of where you even begin off with the first sentence, right? right. Um, which I find hard. I just kind of like stare, <laughs> you know, and you, you know, because th- there's all of these uh, uh, lines that can be created, you know, once upon a time, there I was standing. How do you, you know, how does that come, right. you know, to your mind and then continuing that process? And so I find that uh, community is always wanting to know. Um, who these authors are. Yeah. Yeah. How did you how did you come to create a book? How did you come to become an author? And then what is that writing process? You know, what is the writing process really all about? Because it's very uh, I don't think it's easy. I think it's very daunting. And I think a lot of time for us and especially for me, it can be very intimidating. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Language and words. Right. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then for those that may not necessarily have the desire to write. Mm-hmm. Come and support the authors. Yes. Right? You have several authors, uh, local authors, that will be also showcasing their some of their books, correct? Yes, quite a few local authors mm-hmm. uh, that will be present. And this is what uh, our community doesn't understand in Sacramento, that there's just a plethora mm-hmm. of uh, African-American talent, uh, authors, music, poets, uh, here in Sacramento. It's really amazing. It's rich, mm-hmm. uh, very rich in talent. Um, and very rich in culture that's yeah. here. Yeah. So come on out and support. Again, uh, the book fair kicks off on Friday, the 31st of May and runs all the way through Sunday. Can you tell us a little bit more about what we can expect throughout the weekend? Well, throughout the weekend, as I said, uh, the kickoff on uh, May 31st at Underground Books um, and then uh uh, leading over to the Gale Theater. Mm-hmm. But on Saturday is the fun day. Saturday is the great day where community is coming out. And as I said, we start off with the Books on Parade, uh, founded by uh, Carol Borden. Um, we'll actually have um, a marching band that is there. Uh, we march around uh, the block, and that starts off at the Women's Civic Improvement Club. Okay. Right. So all of your information, anything you want to get, you head straight there. And then um, they march and then they end at uh, the gallery. And then they march into the area where you will have uh, children's authors. You'll have children's vendors. 
Um, there'll be theater. There'll be uh, magicians. There will be face painting. That's generally like our large uh, family gathering. Okay. It's the children's zone um, that uh, Faye Kennedy uh, just takes pride in. I mean, she really goes <laughs> out uh, for um, uh, the kids zone. You'll have um, Crocker Block by Block that is there. You'll have uh, Fortune School uh, is always to a huge supporter uh, of the kids zone. And then you walk out on the street and then uh, 36th and Broadway is literally blocked off. Okay. And so the vendors, authors, um, clothing, jewelry, um, different artisans are there. Okay. And then there's also a main stage and the main stage is where the entertainment happens. And so this year we're really excited about uh, the entertainment. We have our featured headliner people. Eric E.Q. Young, right, of uh, Confunction, a baddest bass player in the world, right, Um, that's going to be there. And this is free. You know, how often do you get that? You just go to Eventbrite. You know, we put uh, uh, free tickets up on Eventbrite. We want everyone to come out and enjoy. Um, We have Spacewalker. Spacewalker is an amazing uh, Sacramento um, 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 artist. Um, she does this amazing sound and uh, um, uh, merges it with hip hop. Um, And she's won several of the um, uh, um, Sammys that SAC News and Review uh, has done. And then we have the band uh, Hayes, um, which uh, has a female uh, lead singer uh, in it, R&B. Uh, and they are just as jazzy uh, as they can be. And they, they're they featured a lot over at the uh, Torch Club. Okay. 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 And then we have uh, Jordan Nugent, a uh, young man, um, who does um, conscious hip hop. Okay. And then we'll have talent shows throughout there. And then we have Sacramento's uh, Phenomenal Poets, um, who... I would say just raise the uh, consciousness um, out of uh, mahogany poetry. Uh, So we'll have Kyrie Malik, who is the founder, one of the founders of uh, mahogany poetry. Uh, We'll have Anna Marie, very Mm -hmm. another very well known uh, poet here in Sacramento. I'm just blows my mind. Um, We'll have uh, poet Lamia, who's another awesome poet, Uh, and then Sean uh, King. Oh my God. People, yeah, yeah. it's it's really going to be amazing. So we've really tried to make sure that um, with the entertainment that we've created something for everyone. It's family friendly, mm-hmm. um, and please come out and support and just share the word. Yes. So it, there will be things set up at the different venues, like said uh, underground at the AKA House, at your beautiful gallery, the Brick House Art Gallery, Gallery and Art Complex, as well as Civ- Wh- Women's Civic Improvement yes. Center. Okay, yes. so you have a choice to mm-hmm. go and visit all, all right. of the different things. There's not just one thing, there are several things, a little bit of something for everybody. So you can just go out and, and just meander the streets if you will and see all of the different you know authors and and people presenting things the writing circles and all of those things will be at different locations exactly throughout historical and they're not far they're not spread out it's um you know the the uh 
section where everything is happening is very intimate. So within walking distance, less Mm -hmm. than a block Mm -hmm. of one another. So um, we've really made it friendly, but we also want you to explore our community and explore uh, the awesome African-American businesses that are right here in uh, Oak Park, Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the awesome businesses in Oak Park, we have to talk about your beautiful space and (laughs) some of the things that you have going on there, because uh, I'm not sure how many people, you know, when I mentioned the Brick House, gallery and art complex some people are like oh I, I think I've heard about it tell us a little bit about that beautiful space that you wow have. well um I've had uh the brick house gallery and art complex for 10 years now I cannot believe it mm-hmm. um it's really amazing there's art exhibitions that happen uh every year every month a different art exhibition uh, there's also poetry uh, that happens at uh, the Brick House Gallery that has been going on for eight um, plus years. Uh, we do have um, new uh, co-hosts. We have uh, Margarita um, uh, Gomez mm-hmm. and uh, Anna Marie, uh, and they are the Brick House Poets, okay. and they are just awesome yes. together. Um, we have music. There's a music series that happens at the gallery as well. Uh, So there's jazz that's coming up uh, July, August. We have a phenomenal holiday um, um, uh, musical that we do for the end of the month. Um, There's political forums. There's festivals. I do three festivals a year now. Uh, Sacramento Black Book Fair kicks it off. Uh, In November, I do two, uh, which is Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that next week, I do a coffee and beer festival. Um, And all of those third uh, book fair, six years, uh, Dia de los Muertos, four years at the gallery, and the coffee and beer festival, it would be their third year uh, at the gallery. Um, There's also theater. So I do a lot of plays um, at the gallery as well, too. Um, and then, of course, uh, renting the space out. So the gallery, um, the venue itself is rented out um, for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. If you want a wedding, if you want a reception, yeah. um, paint and sips, um, birthday parties, baby showers, um, book signings, just about everything. Yeah. Films. Um, I, I've had um, documentaries shot there. Yeah. Um, fashion shows. Um, it's a beautiful space it is. Uh, yeah, for it photographers. Is. Phot- photographers love it. Um, and then I've had a CD release or EP release parties mm-hmm. uh, that have been held there. So it's uh, it's really a lot. Um, it's um, a space that um, also holds a spiritual connection. Um, so the the space itself was literally founded on. Uh, women who came to that space um, and we literally literally I kid you not (laughs) Uh, there was prayer and manifestation uh, that happened uh, over that space and that still happens to this day uh, because our intention and our purpose was to present something that served community we all realize that we're servers right that's what we are Uh, so it was how could we give back how could we better serve our community and i think the brick house is living up to that we still have other things that we have to work on as well it's always a work in progress yeah Uh, but i love the space i love community um, I love the people that walk through that door i never know who's coming through Mm -hmm. Um, and it's an honor 
Yeah. 2837 36th Street is the Brick House Gallery and Art Complex. Did I say that right? You sure did. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a beautiful space. Again, you can hold events, but you can also come and see. You have some of the most amazing art I've seen on the walls there. Um, and you also host or house artist spaces as well, right? Yeah, so we have uh, nine art spaces and uh, everything from candle designers, installation artists, upcycle artists, uh, ceramics, uh, painters, photographers, um, authors, Mm -hmm. poets, Mm -hmm. uh, publishers, uh, musicians. It's a varied, um, uh, eclectic group of artists um, that are housed there. Their studios are there. Muralists. Um, we have one of the most awesome muralists, uh, Bammer. His art is all over Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And he has now christened Oak Park. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, you go up and down Oak Park mm-hmm. and you will see his murals on buildings everywhere. Okay, well, that's yeah. one of the one of the, my favorite things when I visit some different cities, um, just most recently in Los Angeles, um, starting to see murals kind of come back mm-hmm. and th- us embracing them. For a while, I don't think that they were as well received for some reason. I don't know. It could just be my opinion, but it seems like in the last maybe five or six years that mural art has really started to, people have started to appreciate it more. Would you say that? Or oh, would... most definitely. Okay. You know, I can remember uh, uh, the 60s and the 70s. And uh, so graffiti mm-hmm. uh, was looked at as something that was like, it was bad. It wasn't good. You know, we were just tagging, you know, spaces and buildings. But they were messages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were uh, uh, blueprints of uh, uh, artists' voices in various communities. Um, you go around now, uh, walk in Oakland. Mm-hmm. I should say that. Walk up and down the streets of Oakland. I can no longer ride the streets, you know, looking for art. All I have to do is jump out of my vehicle yeah. and just walk in every block. All right, there's a beautiful um, uh, mural that is there or a tag, so uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But they all have messages. It's just like hip-hop, right? Yeah. Um, just really kind of like uh, what um, um, blues was back in the day. So if you didn't understand it, it had a bad note right. uh, mm-hmm. to it. And so it's a matter of people growing and understanding, uh, you know, the art community, period, yeah. from music to writing. Our, our authors uh, look at um, the Renaissance period. Mm-hmm. All of the fabulous artists that, that came out of the Renaissance period. Were all of them understood? No. Right. Yeah. Right. But they're historical now. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just glad that that's taken on a better. I was driving down the street, driving to LAX, and saw this beautiful, gorgeous mural. I had to turn around and take a picture. It was so beautiful. Um, and just, again, just happy to see, even here in Sacramento, how we're embracing, uh, you know, wall. What is it? Without Wide open walls. Wide open walls, yeah. Mm-hmm. So just embracing that art um, and, and mural and appreciating uh, murals and, and artwork, public art. Yeah. Um, As a matter of fact, um, uh, the St. Hope um, uh, organization actually has three of the uh, wide open wall murals. Uh, in Oak Park on three of his spaces in Oak Park. So uh, when you do come, that would really be a beautiful thing to do too. Just take a art hop 
uh, to check out the murals yeah. that are now in uh, the Oak Park community. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. When you come, it's the sixth annual Sacramento Black Book Fair that's starting, uh, that's happening March, uh, excuse me, March, May 31st through June 2nd. Uh, and there will uh, be June a, 1st. June 1st. Mm-hmm. Okay. May 31st and to June 1st? Yes. Nothing so we on only Sunday. do two. No, we only oh, do two okay. days. Okay. Yeah. So for the last two to three years, we've done. We dwindled it down to two days. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Okay, May 31st, mm-hmm. June 1st. That's when it happens. You can get all the information if you go to the website, sacramentoblackbookfair.com. We are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to just wrap up the conversation. I wanted to ask you, Miss Suzette, when we come back from the break, um, Barbara mentioned that there's a kid zone and there's children's authors, and you actually wrote a children's book. Yes, so I, I have a, a couple of questions about that, but we will be right back. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, and uh, stay right here. Don't go anywhere. We'll be be right back. Show your support for the show by liking and sharing our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. And she's back with your perspective on topics you care about. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. Thank you so much for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a wonderful conversation. Just, I don't know, I, I think I'm enjoying the off-air conversation a little bit more, but see, that's what happens when you're a guest. You get privileges, right? When they say, American Express used to say membership has its privileges. See, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to just wrap up the show with a couple of different things. Suzette, I want to come back to you because uh, I did notice when I was doing my homework that you wrote a book, a children's book called My Tired Telephone. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay, you have to you have to explain that one to us. <laughs> uh, this is back when I was uh, a librarian at an elementary school, as uh-huh. I mentioned earlier, and loved, that's like, you know, being a kid in a candy store that I got to be around books all day. Uh-huh. But that's where I first came across that concept. And one of the reasons uh, that it struck me, just seeing us, our children, our children of color sitting there and wanting more books, Mm -hmm. as we kind of conversed about earlier, that reflected us, our sensibilities, et cetera, our images. Mm -hmm. So um, and then I was frustrated too. the children would bring their phones their cell phones, you know, they're supposed to be off limit during school and children and seeing my own children just thumbing, thumbing, thumbing mm-hmm. on this. It is so irritating. It was irritating to me. Yeah. So the concept came in mind. What if a little telephone gets animated, comes to life, and he is basically telling off his owner, I am tired of you using me all day. <laughs> I love it. I'm tired of you. It's just thumbs, thumbs, thumbs. I think that's dumb. You know, so oh, it's, a, it's a little, t- wow. it's a little um, African-American boy at bedtime uh-huh. and he hears a little beep. And it's his cell phone crying from being overused. So the cell phone goes on this rant about how he's overused and I just wish you'd leave me alone, et cetera. And the little boy apologizes at the end and they both snuggle and go to sleep. Oh, Oh, wow. I love that. that. Do you have that at Underground? I believe it is there. If not, we'll get it at okay, Underground. Yes. <laughs> no, my granddaughter needs that. Oh, yes. man. I did a book signing at Underground with it. So hopefully, Ooh. yeah, if not, yeah. we can make that happen. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is, was your process the same as your process for writing your other types of books? Oh, my goodness, Miss Wanda. No, it takes me months to write a book. I want to tell you, I literally came home from work, and I know it's a God, divine thing. Uh-huh. I literally came home from work that afternoon and wrote that story in 30 minutes oh wow Wow. never in my life has that ever happened happened but not only that story it story is to be a series it's called the tech no capital n-o series about different um 
electronics that we use and you know, overuse and how you know we're just I like that. over inundated with technology and our children are not outside running and playing like mm-hmm. when we grew up. Okay. So it's a whole series that's dedicated to the computers and the phones. They're you know they're they're clapping back at us. Right. right I on. love that. Wow. That's great yeah. and a great concept as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. We you. kids really need that these days, you know. Absolutely. Adults too. Yeah, yes. that's true. Exactly. That's what my cousin said. She said, Oh, I need this book for myself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow! How do I put it down. Oh man! So, so again, you are a woman of many talents. You've got uh, novels. You've got children's books. What's next for you? I want to touch briefly on your book too. But yeah. what's next for Miss Suzette Harrison? I'm currently working on the sequel to my Joy or my California Love series, the next installment. So that's what I am. Oh, actively working on it right now (laughs) to get that published this year. I'm also, um, I was actually offered a contract, a very small up and start um, called Rose, excuse me, Rose Gold Publishing Sisters who were Harlequin. Some of them were Harlequin romance authors. Mm -hmm. And then when Harlequin cut their Kamani line, the African-American line, they Mm -hmm. said, oh no, we're clapping back. We're going to form our own publishing company. So they're um, coming out next year. So I was actually um, blessed to receive a contract from them. So I'll be a hybrid author doing my own thing as well as publishing with them. And then just, I have some other projects in the work and so still busy, busy. And then let's talk real quickly about your, um, the book that you have there, <laughs> The Birthday Bid. Yes, ma'am. The yes. Birthday Bid. That is my latest. It's a sh- uh, short story, a novella. It's one of 14. So there's a group called Book Euphoria. Shout out. They're in Chicago. Uh-huh. And the ladies came up with a concept of called the Distinguished Gentleman series. So it, the premise is there's a fictitious or a, a neighborhood in Chicago that's in disrepair. And the matriarch and her best friend come up with a scheme to raise money to restore this black community so they decide well let's have a bachelor auction Mm. so all of the uh (laughs) miss mama peaches who's the matriarch she was a foster mother babysitter you know the neighborhood grandmother so to speak she calls on her gents her gentlemen to come and be part of this bachelor auction Uh so that's where the concept is so each of us authors have to incorporate that auction in our book some way some form wherever we want it to and each book has to have the title or the, excuse me, the word bid in the title. Okay. So subsequently mine is The Birthday Bid. Wow. And I love it how you can read the entire series yes. or you can read them as standalone books. Absolutely. But I would love to just read the whole series because that's, that's the connection, juicy, right? Huh? I know, huh? <laughs> Bachelors? Yes. yes. <laughs> so we had a book event in Chicago this past March and on Saturday night we actually had a live bachelor auction. Oh. But the women clearly knew you don't get to take this bachelor home right. with you. Right. This <laughs> bachelor is just a character. He's just representing the basket. That's the giveaway. <laughs> I love it. I'm seeing Chocolate City. Yes. 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 (laughs) So we can find that in all of your books on Amazon, right? Yes, ma'am. Amazon and Underground Books is a huge supporter. Mother Rose, she stocks our books and I thank her. And then my own website as well. And your website is? Suzette, excuse me, it's S-D-H books. S as in Suzette, D as in Day, H as in Harry, books.com. All right. All right. So make sure you support Miss Suzette. And if you want to find out about how to sell publish make sure you check out her workshop at the sacramento black book fair and all the details can be found online at sacramentoblackbookfair.com
Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you, Miss Wanda. It's a pleasure to honor. It was honor. so wonderful Thank having you. you here. Now, now to you, ma'am, <laughs> because you got some things going on too, Miss Barbara Range, with your podcasting self. Uh-oh. You and a beautiful friend to the show and personal friend, Tiffany Sharp, yes. yourself and Imani Mitchell yes. have a new podcast out I love the concept. It's kind of generational sisters just kind of getting together and talking about whatever it is. Similar to what Full Circle does. It's just having those conversations we need to have. Tell us about it. Um, Well, the uh, concept is, as you said, three generations. Um, uh, An elder, um, you know, somebody in the the mid and, and then a young person. And then we come together. It's called Soul Sister Shakti Voices. And we come together um, on different topics, uh, bearing our truths, you know, being um, authentic and transparent, as transparent as we can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes, you know, I don't know, it might be a little raw for people, but the whole purpose of this is for us to walk in our authentic selves, okay. right? Um and anything on relationships to money, to uh, spirituality, to entrepreneurship, to relationships that we have with women, one as another, um, men, our children, um, education, the world, um, politics. It will cover some of everything, but it will cover um, uh, the voices of our true selves. And, uh, and that's how we've approached it. I love it. We, we're having fun. I and love doing it. it as well. I love it. And you can find that on um, Apple Podcasts, Soul Sister Shakti Radio. Yes. Yes. You can find that. Support the sisters. And just listen to in, uh, invigorating and helpful conversation. Uh, just like, like I said, just like what Full Circle does is having those conversations that you want and need to have. Thank you so much for joining the program, Miss Barbara. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate you, Miss Suzette, again. Yes, thank ma'am. you so much. It's been a wonderful conversation. Don't forget, May 31st to June 1st, it is the sixth annual Sacramento Black Book Fair. You can get all the details by visiting their website at Sacramento. So blackbookfair.com. There is a reception um, events happening on Friday, as well as an opening reception. Kids Zone, things for the family, entertainment, poetry, music, and just come out and support not just local books, right? Books, but authors. Bring the family out. It's just a wonderful time to be had for the entire family. There's something for everyone. So come out. It is the Sacramento, the sixth annual Sacramento Black Book Fair. It is happening in historic Oak Park. And you can get all the details by going to sacramentoblackbookfair.com. I hope to see you there because I'm going to be there. So thank you so much for joining the program. And there's been another edition of Full Circle, having those conversations that you will want and need to have. And I hope that today's conversation sparked something for those of you that even if you don't want to be an author, but even if you want to be an entrepreneur of some type, that hearing Miss Suzette's story about how she was in this place and the transition to where she is now and where she's going to be in the future as a full-time author, hoping that that encourages you in some way to just keep going, to keep pushing that there is light at the end of the tunnel that if you just keep persevering those things will happen for you because you will be the one to fuel your own destiny that's it i'm miss wanda peace i'll see you next week this has been full circle follow our facebook page at full circle 97.5